Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Six different Batmans in eight different movies, and we're stuck with this guy for every single show? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Spring is sprung. It's in the air. Yeah, I can smell it. It's wonderful. All of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're getting the sunshine back, and I'm ready. Um, All right, in tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, we are going to talk about another update to my pipe smoking technique. I'm always listening to our guests and always learning, and I found out something that has just revolutionized the way I smoke. So you'll hear that in Pipe Parts. And then I'm really excited because my guest tonight is Rob Cooper of Cooper's Arc on eBay, and Rob did a one-pipe-for-one-year experiment. He only smoked one pipe solely for a whole year, so you'll hear that. We'll talk to him and find out why he did it and what he did with it. Um, Mailbag music rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Please remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are listening in order to listen to this show. Also, you can uh, find us on Facebook. The Pipes Magazine radio show has a page there. You can follow me on Facebook as well and keep up with my travels and tribulations and sometimes uh, stupid things that I do. Um, While you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating or a review. We would appreciate that. It's been a couple months since that has happened. And don't forget... Uh, hopefully JDRF Auctions will be kicking off this Saturday. I will post them out on Facebook as much as I can. And speaking of this Saturday, if you're in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, I will be at the fairgrounds for the Triangle Area Pipe Smokers show. It's at the uh, North Carolina State Fairgrounds in uh, right in the heart of Raleigh. Um, And basketball season, college basketball season is officially over, and I am happy because it's officially over. But I also have to give a little shout-out to my uh, local uh, college, UNC, won the national title. So there you go. All right. Got it out of the way. Best part for me is March Madness is over because I don't follow it. I can't pay attention to it. I don't understand it, except I know what schools some are from. Anyway. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. That is just long enough for me to get a sip of coffee and get right into pipe parts. All right, so as I've mentioned, um, I'm always looking at ways to tweak or alter or get a better pipe smoking experience. Uh, When the show came out, I talked about how I tamp and use a pipe cleaner regularly. Uh, Since the show has started, some things that I've changed. Uh, One, I don't use the uh, I don't use the grain alcohol on the outside of the stem. I found out that that was discoloring my stems faster, and I'm in the process of getting all my stems cleaned now and getting them refreshed. Uh, because the Everclear on the outside of the stems was taking the wax off, 
and causing them to oxidize faster. Even on good uh, handmade ebonite stems, it was just turning them green and tasting nasty. So I've stopped doing that. I'm also a little more careful about uh, how much Everclear I use when I go into the stem through the draft hole because I don't want that Everclear leaking out and onto the stem. So I'll let you know how, uh, once they're all clean, I'll let you know how that works out for me. Now, going back a couple weeks ago, we had John Fordham on the show, and John talked to me about how he twists the tamper between his fingers and doesn't really push down on the ash. Well, that got me started thinking, and I started playing around with that. Um, I've always had a problem with smoking to the bottom of the bowl. Always had a problem. Um, always found out that I was leaving a, you know, a little bit of dawdle on an average one-and-a-half-inch-high tobacco chamber. I was leaving like the bottom quarter of an inch of tobacco, and, uh, and the pipes are drilled right. This was operator error on my part. Uh, so using the pipe cleaner to keep the moisture out of the bottom helps. Now that I'm using the little twist method of John's to tamp with, I'm finding out that I'm getting a much finer gray ash or much finer ash on top, and the ash is moving down easier through the tobacco. Uh, so what that's allowing me to do is get more of a burn surface down below. The other thing that I've done, and I've never, I never did this before except on a really large, like a Group 6 or a Magnum size or an ODA size pipe, some of my three-hour long pipes. Um, I, those were the only pipes where I would dump the ash maybe two-thirds of the way through. Well, now, when I get down to that bottom third of the bowl, I'm using the pick end of the tamper, just to lightly, lightly break up the top layer of ash, and I'm dumping it. Then I turn around and bring the tamper back in and give it a little bit of a twist. That little bit of a twist forms a nice flat layer. I'm not so much worried about the walls anymore, but I am trying to keep the ash off the walls of the pipe. But by doing that two-thirds of the way down, dumping the ash, and then reforming a nice flat spot on top of the tobacco, I'm having much greater success in smoking all the way to the bottom of the bowl. Um, I've tried this with a couple of different tobaccos from different manufacturers just to see what's, yeah, to see what the difference is. And it seems to work all the way through. I'd be really interested to see what some of you are doing with maybe a wetter blend or more, you know, a more moist blend because most of my tobaccos are on the drier side by the time I'm getting ready to smoke them. Uh, but uh, if it's a wetter tobacco, I've tried it with some amphora where I opened up the fresh pouch. And sure enough, just by dumping out that ash and reforming it on a, on a wetter tobacco, I had to dump the ash twice it seemed to help me get all the way to the bottom of the bowl. So there's a, a, a whole new change in my routine, and it is helping dramatically with extending the bowls, getting them further down. I will say that after, after I dump the ash, uh, maybe the first couple of puffs off of that new layer is a little bit on the ashy side to me. But then once you get burning fresh tobacco again it comes right back around um 
again, if you try it or if you've got a bowl that's just not working for you and it's not enjoyable anymore, don't feel bad about having to dump it out. I don't feel bad about having to dump it out. I smoke for enjoyment, and when the enjoyment ends, that's when I'm done with that bowl. If I want to smoke more, I grab another pipe, load it, and keep going. So there you go. Uh, Post your thoughts or comments on that on uh, the Pipes Magazine radio show's page on PipesMagazine.com. And in just a minute, Rob Cooper will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, uh, you know, Rob, I'm excited to have you back. I'm excited to talk about your uh, your year-long experience. Uh, and, you know, just here, I'm, I'm really just excited about this. So please welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, Rob Cooper of uh, Cooper's Ark. Rob, welcome back. Thanks, Brian, and thanks for having me on. It's a great story I'd love to share with the, your audience. Yeah, so real quickly, let me just say, you you smoked one pipe only for an entire year purely as an experiment, is that right? That's, that's right. Well, the only exception to that year was a week when I attended the Las Vegas show, as I didn't want anything to happen to that pipe. Other than that, it was the entire year, one year, one pipe. All right, so why, why, why try this? Okay, this started at the end of uh, 2015 where my wife approached me, and for years, I, I guess for those that don't know, I collected high-grade Danish pipes. Uh, early on, I collected um, Preben Home and Ben Wade, and then that migrated to uh, some W.O. Larson pipes. And then, along with that, the 610 Everson and Bow Nord pipes. And the, the 610 Eversons and Bow Nords, again, that goes back, I don't know, uh, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And they're all gone. But I focused all along on collecting W.O. Larson pipes. And I was a pipe collector. Now, let me pause a, a second and explain to the audience, and I'm pretty experienced at this, and over the years, I've noticed there's a spectrum. At one end of the spectrum are the tobacco guys. They're happy smoking corncob pipes and trying every tobacco to come down the pipe and to relish and ravish 
every new blend. And on the other end, there's the pipe collectors. And many pipe collectors don't even smoke a pipe. They collect them for the artwork of it. Most of us fall somewhere in between the spectrum. And what, what I found is that I was both. I was the pipe collector. That is, I, I collect, made this beautiful collection of old W.O. Lawson Stray Greens. And I also smoked a pipe. So I had pipes that I smoked and pipes that I enjoyed looking at and just displayed. So my wife approaches me at the end of 2015, and she said, Rob, you're in the business of selling pipes. You have all these beautiful pipes. They look nice, but what if something happens to you? What am I going to do with these? And you, there's nobody better and in a better position to sell these pipes than you in the here and the now. <laughs> and I thought about it, and I said, you know, I, I've enjoyed these pipes for 30 years, and I want to pare it down. And so I, I uh, ended up selling, I don't know, about 50 or so pipes, and uh, I still have the Larsons, which are the nearest and dearest to me for what varying reasons. Um some of them are the most beautiful, and others are the most sentimental. Like uh, uh, Ole Larson gave me one of his personal pipes. I'll never sell that. Yeah. And uh, as that collection is pared down, what's, what becomes less and more apparent are my smoking pipes, the pipes that I enjoy smoking. And one of the things I, I began to think about my 43 years in this hobby, I would get a pipe, I would start to break the pipe in, and if the pipe is broken in, I'm searching for the next one. And I can tell you firsthand, most of us in this hobby are like that. I, I deal with, with, with guys every week selling in pipes. And it's a case, they buy one, break it in, on to the next one. And they never go back to the one that they, they started to break in and really enjoy it. And so I got to thinking, what would happen if I was really uh, monastic in my approach for a year, and the next pipe that I acquired, I live with that pipe for a year at the expense of letting all my other pipes collect dust. And uh, I decided in, in the beginning of last year to do that. And I, I bought a pipe on eBay. It was a, a Dunhill Cumberland uh, Group 4 Bent Bulldog, which is and also it was, was made in the year 2000, which for me, and I have to emphasize for me, hit all the, uh, the, the, um, the right, um, call it nails, you know, heads of the nails. Yeah. It, just ev ev everything. I like Dunhill Group 4 Cumberland uh, Bent Bulldogs. And the year 2000 vintage is my favorite vintage. So I said, okay, this is going to be, I know it's going to be a good pipe based on my experience with many others I have just like it. And I, I, I started down the path. And uh, at, at the end of the year, I have you, you know you ask people all the time, "What's your favorite pipe?" That's my favorite pipe. <laughs> it, it's just gotten better and better. 
And I really find that, that the magic number is, is that after 200 bowls, it just is sublime. Now, that the year is up. Uh, in, in fact, yesterday I, I, I went uh, to my other smoking pipes and I took them down in my workshop and, uh, and, and, and cleaned all the light oxidation off the stems and buffed them up and I, I'm ready to go again and ready to start rotating my pipes. However, um, this pipe will be a favorite in my rotation. Now let's go back to the beginning of it. When you so you you picked out this pipe specifically to do this to do this experiment with. You'd never smoked it before, right? You just said, "Okay, I'm committed to this pipe," and put bowl number one in it and went for it. That's that's right. I mean, I, I bought it on eBay, like a lot of my customers buy. All my customers buy pipes from me. Did you have any rough bowls with it early on? Any issues? No. Nah. Um, I, I, I have to. I have to say that um, when I take a pipe for myself, uh, I will spend an incredible amount of time getting that pipe conditioned to the way that I like it, and. It, can I share some of those things with the, with the audience, Brian? Yeah, please. Your, they're your okay. secrets, so these 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 aren't secrets. Um, my my restoration methods are, will be secrets, but but what I would talk about here these these aren't secrets at all. First of all, what what I like to do is um, you would call it remount the bowl, but I don't like. Uh, I don't like using reamers, and I don't like using uh, pipe tampers. Uh, both reasons, because I am not touching it. I'm not. I'm not feeling. It. I like using sandpaper inside a bowl, and um, I, I, I start with uh, with hundred grit, and in the dunhill, I work my way up to uh, four hundred grit. So I, I, I clean out. I, I clean out the bowl. And uh, then I'll scrub out the, the, the shank with alcohol in a, in a little brush and clean out the, uh, the mortise area with some Q-tips and alcohol. And then I will do a salt treatment, but I, my salt treatment is no more than two hours. Uh, I know a lot of guys, uh, they, they talk about salt treating a bowl overnight or even a couple days. And I have found from experience that one can overdry a pipe, and I've seen cracked shanks as a result of uh, oversalt treating. Huh. So, I, I, again, it's, it's already all um, sanded and reamed out, so there's not that much to draw out of, of the bowl. But, and, you know, a couple hours, and, that, and that's it. On the stem... I, I have a tendency when I I take a pipe for myself. The one the one recurring theme you hear from every pipe maker that they hate they hate working on steps. Yeah. Okay. And so what I, I like to do I don't like to do but I, I find it's required to do is work on the stem some more. And I I find the stems that I I take for myself I. Um, wet sand up to 25 grit, and then there's some different compounds that I use. Um, uh, 
and, and they they raise and, and they're they're fine com they're, they're fine compounds. This stuff I'm not going to talk about, but it gets it gets the stem on the outside like a mirror. More important is what goes on inside the stem. And one can take either flits or blue magic or some sort of metal polish and uh, take, a, take a sleeve of pipe cleaners and go watch a television show and mindlessly just move that, that pipe cleaner in and out of that stem and also along the flare of the inside of the lip. And what you, you end up doing is polishing that to a high polish. Okay. Just a, a, the same kind of polish that's on the outside of the stem. And when you're done, just go inside with, with some alcohol and, and clean all, and any polish remnants out. But it works wonders for um, reducing turbulence and making for a smoother draw. Okay, uh, so th- those are the things that I do to, to prep the pipe. As I remember, I put about three hours in. But when I was done, it looked better than, than, than factory new and certainly had performance characteristics that had this pipe way better than if it were brand new. Well, anyway, that's what I started with. There was, um, with, you know, with, with any pipe, I, I find it in the state pipe, it takes about five bowls and the pipe starts to come around to your own after 10 bowls. There's, there's, and the, the vestiges of the ghosting are gone. After 25 bowls, it's beginning to get broken in. After 50 bowls, it's, for all intents and purposes, it's broken in. But if one can go the year, it's real broken in. And part of the key to keeping it um, a, a good smoke, again, this is my only possession. This is my only pipe. And... It, 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 it almost took on a specialness like my very first pipe, which was a Dunhill, and that was the only one of two that I had. I was given, if you remember from the last show, I was given a bunch of pipes from a family friend, and I happened to give it two Dunhills from the, from the get-go. But this was my pipe, and it became very special. There wasn't a collection of uh, six dozen pieces backing it up. This was it, and I treated it with care and respect like it was my only possession. I would smoke uh, five bowls a week. Um, I wish I had time for more, but I don't. And after every evening when I I was done, I'd let the bowl cool down, knock out the ashes, wipe out the inside with a paper towel, then I fold the pipe clean, cleaner in half and, and go around the edges of, of, of the ball uh, on, on the inside and clean everything out. I would then take uh, a pipe cleaner with some alcohol, clean out the, uh, the shank and the, and the stem until the cleaner came, or till the pipe cleaner came out clean. And uh, I, I then use a little bit of water on the edge end of the stem to wipe off any anything that I put on it. And there's a product that I use. It's called Zymol Detail. You can find it on Amazon. It's, I don't know, about $20 for a little jar of this, but a little jar will last based on me doing this a uh, couple hundred times in the past year. A jar will probably be good for 600 applications. <laughs> 
I use that and a polishing cloth, and I would wax the pipe every night when I was done with it by hand. The whole thing, the whole routine takes about five minutes. But keeping the wax on the stem, it never oxidized. Mm-hmm. Keeping it on the top of the bowl, there's no tar on top of the bowl. And, and just to call it hand popping it for a couple minutes every night. This pipe has taken on a patina that really looks way better than new. It's awesome. And it's something that no machine buffer could do. It's only something that by hand and over time and every day that wax is drying and hardening and another coat going on, it just looks fabulous. And the other key when smoking the pipe is to smoke it all the way to the bottom and develop a cake at the heel. And always smoke it to the bottom. This way you're not putting up a wet pipe. There would be the occasional time when I didn't have time to finish the bowl and it got got knocked out. Well, the the following night I didn't smoke a pipe. I would give it a a two days to rest. As I found, as soon as there was moisture in the bottom, now it's starting to taste off, taste a little dark, taste a little foul. Also, I I was going to say, about every six weeks, I would uh, sand down the cake a little bit. When I was done sanding it, I would I would um, put some grain alcohol on a paper towel and wipe out the inside of the bowl. And in doing this, I, I have a pipe that does not have a massive buildup of cake. Tastes really sweet, and uh, just has gotten better and better. That's uh, that's about it. That is a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, i got a couple of questions because now you talked about moisture in the bottom of the bowl and I want to talk to you about tobacco. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan. 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Rob Cooper, who has uh, handled many, 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 many pipes and decided to uh, smoke only one pipe for a year. Uh, Rob, before the break, you said something interesting to me. So when you didn't smoke the bowl all the way down, there was moisture, a little bit of moisture down there. So you would, and, you know, obviously you'd try to wipe that out when you when you dumped out the uh, the remainder of the bowl, but still... You wanted to give the pipe another 24 hours at least before you went back to it so that that all dried that's out? Cor- that's correct. Uh, it, you know, that that to me 
that area um, is, is going to foul a pipe out faster than anything. So you should really pay attention, and, and if the pipe's getting too warm at the bottom, let it cool off, but that pipe should be smoked to the bottom to develop a cake, which helps absorb that moisture, but that pipe should really be put up without any moisture if you're going to use it the next day. Yeah, and then by smoking it all the way down, you obviously smoke out a lot of that moisture when you just get the dry ash down there. Correct. Correct. And uh, I, I, I just just want to other other I want to comment that I smoked only Virginia Virginia perfect uh, tobaccos the past year. There was nothing else in the mix. Okay, and, uh, and if you don't mind, I'd like to transition that. Uh, you know, I'm in the business of selling pipes. I'm not advocating that everyone go out and take a pipe and do this for a year. It's, it's yeah. not the, the case. Um, I, I, um, a hobby of mine is audio, and I just um, received the latest uh, issue of Absolute Sound magazine. And Jonathan Balin is one of the writers, and he, he, he does a guest editorial this month. And uh, in the editorial, he, he says that a hobby feeds on direct involvement, and direct involvement requires work. You have to have hands-on experience with a wide variety of the stuff, be it stamps, coins, watches, cameras, wine, cars, whatever, that the hobby celebrates and learn from that experience in order to develop expertise and taste. Okay. And what I did, I'm in the hobby 43 years and I'm at a point where I know I've been at a point. I know what works for me and what works for me is going to be different than what works for every other individual out there. And it's so important that everyone Try different brands of pipes, makes of pipes, shapes of pipes, finishes of, of, of them, um, mouthpieces, mouthpieces, not only the shape of the mouthpiece, but the mouthpiece material, that they experiment and try as many different tobaccos as they can, and to be thoughtful about what they're doing, even to take notes. Uh, of, of what they liked, what they didn't like, and study those notes to help refine their tastes. And once they're refined, then they will know exactly what works for them. And, and I'll put it this way. Spend the t- first 20 years in this hobby being very thoughtful, and you can spend the rest of your life being thoughtless. <laughs> You'll know exactly what's going to work for you. You don't have to. You, you don't have to um, uh, be worried you're going to be stuck with something or make uh, make a bad pipe purchase, make a bad tobacco purchase. You know what's going to work. You know what combination or combinations are going to work. But it takes a long time to get to that point, and getting to that point's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll I'll say that there there's no way I could do that. I couldn't take just one pipe. Um, it would, it would drive me, well, it'd drive me crazier than I am right now. Um, your, uh, also your, your routine of every six weeks of really detailing the pipe back out is, uh, is admirable, but, uh, I don't, 
not not a lot of us have the skill you have but at the same time it's probably a good marker for us to keep in mind that you know after 60 70 bowls through a pipe maybe you want to send that pipe off to a good restoration guy and just have him give it a light cleaning no i don't i don't think so uh, i i'll disagree with that every the things i am talking about require no skill um Particularly the you know the two things the exterior maintenance with um, using that that Zymol yeah. in, in 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 a flannel buffing cloth that will keep the outside sparkling. The inside. The only time one needs separate the stem is perhaps once a month, no more to, to clean out of whatever's in the mortise. My pipe had had a great fit and there was very little of anything in there. But once a month to, to clean out that the, the, you know, the, the mortise area, uh, okay. and, and and anybody can take a piece of sandpaper on their uh, on on their finger. That's that's kind of less dangerous than taking a reamer. <laughs> so no, I, I I disagree, Brian. Anyone can do this. It's a matter if they want to devote the time to do it. And I'll tell you what, somebody. It, I'm, I'm an advocate of buying as good as you can afford. And somebody spends $200, $500 on a pipe, they owe it to that pipe to take care of it. And if that means to spend five minutes a day when they're done, why not? If it's gonna, it, It'll deliver a lifetime of improving pleasure. Case in point, um, if, if you look at musical instruments, particularly used musical stringed instruments, mm-hmm. they typically only go up in value over time. Why? Because played instruments sound better. Well, pipes are made of wood like those instruments are made of wood. And a used pipe is going to perform better than one that isn't. So it's better to use it and just maintain it and keep it going. Almost, you know, if I could make an analogy, everyone knows Willie Nelson and his guitar trigger and the the wonderful mellow sound that that has. Yeah. You find a pipe to do that with, and you're going to have an experience that money can't buy. You have to earn, and you have to earn it by by using it. I also want to go back to the tobacco for a minute because you said you smoked a Virginia, you smoked Virginias and Virginia Periques, so you did get some variety out of the uh, out of different tobaccos. Yes. Um, a, you know, a little variety. I'm not, I, again, I that's my wheelhouse of what I enjoy. I typically um, I don't like Balkans or English or uh, aromatics. I'm one who considers Latakia uh, an aromatic or a dark fire Kentucky an aromatic. Um, you know, the, the pure. And I'm not. I don't want to come across as a tobacco snob. I'm not. Whatever somebody enjoys, that's what they should enjoy. But for me. Anything other than the pure tobacco that's been unadulterated um, is is what I enjoy. And, and the, did the flavors start to develop and get different as you were working this one pipe all year? They intensified. That's a good question. Uh, overall, they 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 intensified almost like. Um, if, if you're on your computer screen and, and you're turning up the contrast, okay. Uh, if, that, if, if that's a good analogy, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you know, if, if something was uh, was sweet, it got sweeter. If, if, if something was, uh, was uh, oh, we'll call it peppery, it was more peppery. You know, that's, that's, that's the best way I can, I can describe that. Uh, I, I will say, though, when I, when I was done with my uh, reaming sessions, uh, it took about two bowls for the pipe to come back around again to where it was before. Yeah. So you, you, had to, you had to sweeten it up again a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was, that's, it was a little bit um, dark and, and smoky tasting for the first two bowls at when, I, when I was done reaming and, and, and just doing a swab of alcohol on the inside. A couple, couple bowls later, it was back to where it was. And and again, I want to I want to touch on you used a uh, a Dunhill pipe made in the year two thousand. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I've heard that don't want to buy a Dunhill that was yeah unless it was a patent era or the different eras of pipes. Somebody's got a cut off date somewhere. Uh, but you you chose something that's relatively recently made. Yeah. Um... Again, it goes back to the, that, that uh, paragraph I just read before. Uh, one needs to have experience, extensive experience, before they can develop taste. And many are, are looking at the old Dunhills with, uh, with a romanticism. And, and they say, oh, it was old, so therefore it must be better than what's available today. You know, anything that was made 10 years ago was, was much better made than it was today. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and we know it's not, you know, we know it's, it, it's not the case. Um, the wood is older on the patent pieces. So it may be an easier break-in or re-break-in. But one, one of the things, and, and we'll pick on Dunhill in a minute, one of the things that Dunhill has always had going from it from day one is the mouthpieces were cut by hand. Yeah. And one of the, one of the aspects, for me, the, the mouthpiece is much more important than the bowl because that's what I am coming in contact with is what, what's going into my mouth. And... I prefer the contemporary mouthpieces to the older ones for me. And again, like you say, I'm an expert in my own, uh, you know, my own opinion. Yep. I'm the expert. And um, what is good for somebody else is good for somebody else. And I want to emphasize that. That's why there is all this variety. It's wonderful to, to try all, to try as much as one can. Um, in, in, in my, 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 the Dunhills I have, I have them from 1926 up to, I can't say present day, but we'll say a year or two ago. And the, the pipes that, that for me perform the best are those that are made around the year 2000, give or take a couple of years, as well as the contemporary white spot Dunhills. Hmm. Now, there's a, there's a difference in aesthetic. Yeah. If you remember, in the early 1980s, there became uh, an Italian pipe renaissance in the United States. 
Uh, Costello started to be imported, and then um, uh, Radici and Escorti left Costello and, and formed with Johnny Devoli Caminetto, and that broke up, and there became Escorti and Radici pipes, Mastro, uh, De Paza, and, and Sir Jacopo got started. And these were all the Pissarro Design School. And types of the, from the Pizarro Design School were uh, clunkier than their uh, former British counterparts. Bowls were thicker, stems were thicker, um, mouthpieces were wider. And um, one of the one of the, 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 the looks was the where the stem, I'm sorry, the shank met the bowl was was over a much greater area on the Italian pipes, and it gracefully flared down to the button of the stem. Okay, so so it, it appeared to be a much more dramatic taper because of the amount of, of wood that was uh, jutted up against the, the, the bowl uh, and the shank, the bowl shank fitment. Well, what happened... Uh, as a result of this Italian Renaissance, the pipes that were coming out of England mid-1980s on started taking on a clunkier appearance than the pipes that were made before then. And, um, you know, if, if you'll notice on the billiards of, of today, these shanks are thicker. The Canadians, the, 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 the shanks are higher, uh, and, and they and, and a little wider. There's, it's just a different aesthetic. For me, in my case, and I like these quarter bent bulldogs of today. It's, it's, it just fits my my aesthetic appeal. And I like how the stems are made today. So it's again, it's what works for me. Do they do they smoke better? I, I really can't say. I can say that the wood used today is a harder material, and it makes the pipe easier to maintain. The, the, I, I like a sandblasted finish, so the older dunhills I have are the, the shells made from Algerian wood, and that wood has a tendency to be very soft. And so you have to be careful as you maintain the pipe that you don't... Um, uh, burn the wood out or take too much wood away when, when reaming the pipe. Today's pipe is much more uh, forgiving of that. Okay. Yeah. And does, do you think the, uh, the, thicker, the thicker measurements and the thicker stem, was that done on purpose to make the pipes more durable, or was it just a style thing that went on in Italy? I my, my opinion was was uh, the Italian uh, the Italian influence on the English. And in other words, initially you have an English influence on the Italian, and the Italians did a, a stylized, a highly stylized version of the English classics. The English then took those highly stylized uh, versions and, and and tamed them down dramatically, but came up with 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 something that appeared much more rugged than what they were making before. All right. Yeah. And then the, uh, I would imagine also the stems could get thicker because fewer and fewer people were clenching or smoking one pipe all day long. 
I imagine. I, I, you know, that's speculation. I don't know. Yeah. And you and I aren't making making pipes, so we don't know the answer to that. No, and I will never make a pipe because I am never going to be a pipe maker. I will always be a pipe buyer. There you go. I'll, I'll restore them, but I'll never make one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, we uh, we won't subject you to the Fast Five final questions again because I know what your favorite pipe is, and the rest of them are kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, will we, uh, will uh, we see you at you the, know what? Oh, go ahead. Hey, Brian, they're, they're all boring. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, any, any more, they're basically, um, you know, Dunhill sandblasts. They, they, but, but to me, they're an instrument to enjoy the tobacco. No more, no less. It's, it's, it's not for, it's not for showing off to my friends. It's not uh, to, to be excited about the grain. It, it's a vessel to hold tobacco and, and deliver a certain flavor and, and a certain level of performance without thinking about it. It's to make your mouth happy. Well, it's, it's not only make my mouth happy. It, it, it's, uh, it, it makes my nose happy. It makes my eyes happy just to, you know, to, to, to look at that the pipe in my hand are basically the, the same hand. I like it makes my hand happy because I like how the sand the blast feels. So it's basically all my senses except my hearing. One other thing, Brian, yeah. keep this in mind. Pipes show up to my uh, doorstep every week from top collectors around the world. I'm pretty jaded in it. It no longer excites me that I need to have this, this beautiful, fancy pipe for myself. I've been there and done that. And anymore, I just enjoy a good smoke. It, it does not take away from guys who are collecting pipes because I know what a charge it is. It's just I'm no longer in a position that I get a charge out of that by what I do. And I've been there, and I get it. And uh, anyone that collects pipes, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to put a, a collection together. It's, it's, it's fabulous. To this day, again, I still have pipes I enjoy looking at, but the most of the pipes I have that serve a purpose and bring that happiness at the end of the day. Will we uh, you see you at Chicago? Yes, you will. Absolutely. Uh, I'm back in Chicago. So I'm going to uh, be giving a talk that, that that's a, a variation of uh, what we spoke spoke about tonight, and there's going to be a little uh, hands-on with uh, working on the pipes. Oh, good. So I can learn how to do all the stuff you just talked about? You can learn all the, do all the stuff I talked about, and this way, uh, every time you go to your rack, you'll have a, a, a clean pipe. Remember this. You, you know, when you... We were talking earlier about your Mini Cooper. Yeah. You know when that car is washed, it rides better, runs better for you. Oh yeah, it's more aerodynamic. Yeah, if you if you've noticed that, and just well, you know, you go to your rack and there's a clean pipe. Um, it's 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 much more enticing to pick it up and enjoy it. It enhances the experience. So, uh, I'll be going over that in, you know, at the show. At my talk, it's going to be Friday night after the banquet. 
Rob, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for sharing the experiment. Thank you for doing it, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's always a nice thing to be on your show, and, and such a wonderful host, and so accommodating. And I appreciate it. The the checks in the mail. Uh, thanks again, Rob. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back, and wow, what a what an experiment to do. I mean, take one year and smoke one pipe once a day solely. Um, anybody else want to try that? Yeah, I didn't think so. I'd miss too many of my favorites. But uh, thanks to Rob for doing that. And uh, look forward to seeing him at the Chicago Pipe Show in uh, just about a month. Wow. Coming up quick. All right, for music, we're going back to Ray LaMontagne. And uh, this one is called, uh, what is it called? It's called For the Summer, because I'm kind of in a spring mood. And uh, Ray LaMontagne's For the Summer got me into the warmer weather. So here it is.
lesson that each and every lesson they were all one. I'm tired. I'm tired. Can I come home for the summer? I could slow down for a little while. Get back to talented uh, singer-songwriter, but uh, also a fairly avid pipe collector and pipe smoker. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. Going back a a few weeks ago, uh, David W. writes, Brian, after listening to show 234 with John Fordham, I wanted to email you a couple of comments. First, what a great guest. Uh, And uh, glad to see him return on the show. Wanted to congratulate you on your new position with Speccom International as well. Glad to hear you have some ideas on getting people reading P&T Magazine. Do you think it's possible to offer P&T Magazine on one of those subscription services? Or uh, got cut off. Anyway, um, I know I could use my Hilton Honors and get six issues of Cigar Auto for so many points. If P&T was offered this way and wanted to pass it along, uh, if... I wanted to pass it along, and thanks again for the time and effort that you and Kevin devote to the show. It is greatly appreciated. All the best, David W. Uh, yeah, thank you, David. There are some uh, some new ideas coming down the coming down the pike. Uh, going back to last week with uh, Bobby, uh, Casey Ghost writes, "Real good show. Your description of how the tobacco of how the tobacco industry was very interesting." The interview with Bobby Fabian was good, though Bobby really showed his youth. Yeah, I love, I love those young guys. Oh, I wish I had the energy that Bobby has. Um, chatted with him this morning on Facebook, and he was up at six fifteen. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dan goes on to write with so few years in pipes, he just didn't have the wealth of stories that an old timer would. I remember him coming to the KC Pipe Show the first time when he was only twenty two years old. Amazingly, he won the fifth annual. KC Pipe Carving 7-Day Set. Like Bobby, my favorite time at a pipe show is sitting in the tent and enjoying the camaraderie that is there. It can be amazing. The music was quite good, the rant was true, but it's always been that way. Only having one or two kids helps. Yes, it does. And uh, if you go back to last week's show and you look at the picture that Kevin put up on uh, on the show page, that's Bobby with the, uh, with the pipe set from uh, the KC... Uh, carving contest 
And then uh, on Facebook, on Facebook, uh, Ron Bosley writes, Brian, I'm sorry I'm behind on podcasts and just now catching up. You asked for us to contact you if we knew of any entrepreneur who recently opened a pipe-centric shop. Check out Robusto and Briar in Lakewood, Ohio. They've been open about two years. Patrick is an amazing tobacconist and a great conversation. He also built most of the shop himself. And if you go to facebook.com slash robustobriar slash, he's got a Facebook page for it. And it's just outside the city of Cleveland. Looks great. Glad to see a, a new shop that's uh, doing some Briar stuff. Um, got a couple of comments from people, and I also forgot to mention another thank you to Rob Cooper for hooking us up with Mike Kabick. I uh, was surprised by how many people didn't know who Mike was or know some of those brands. So look around on eBay for some of those old pipes that Mike made in the classic Danish freehand style, but made in America. And then uh, finally, Steve Davenport wrote to me last week, Brian, your rant this week struck another nerve. In high school, our oldest daughter was in Color Guard slash marching band and Winter Garden, our youngest, was involved in the drama club and their productions. One thing we noticed really quick with both was that parent participation started out high and then quickly tapered off. By the middle of football season, maybe 10 to 20% of the parents were actively involved, and it was always the same parents that were involved week after week, and sometimes year after year. Drama wasn't much better. But what, was it more dramatic? No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, he goes on to write, I understand that sometimes there are circumstances that prevent parents from being involved. You know things like work, illness, and being locked up in the county jail. No, I don't. I don't know about being locked up on the county jail. Um, but those exceptions are not the norm. I can only echo your urging to parents to get involved. If nothing else, your child sees you out doing something for someone else with no benefit to yourself other than having fun and enjoying the opportunity to see your child perform. And then he goes on to say, so this one time at band camp, and that started a whole new thread that we will not talk about and can't mention while thinking about marching band. All right, there you go. Um, again, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Send me a message on Facebook or post it to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. All right, pipe smokers, I'm going to rant at you. Coming up next... time of year where the weather is perfect it's spring in the northern hemisphere it's early fall in the southern hemisphere it's perfect outdoor weather all across the globe so now is the perfect time for us as pipe smokers to keep a pipe and a little pouch of or a ziplock of tobacco in our pockets and wherever we get a chance make sure and smoke out in public Time after time, I hear from people saying that when they see me with my pipe, wow, I didn't know anybody smoked a pipe, or that reminds me of my grandfather. Yeah, okay, that one I don't like. But the idea that 
people think that nobody smokes pipes anymore? Well, we all know there's at least 100,000 of us here in the United States. We need to make sure and carry our pipes with us. And when the opportunity strikes, sit down, smoke a bowl, smoke half a bowl. If you're worried about tobacco, get yourself a little bowl cap to put on your pipe. If you're worried about taking your favorite briar or meerschaum and toting it around, buy a half dozen uh, Missouri meerschaum corn cobs and keep those around. Let's get outside and be visible. If you live in a neighborhood with sidewalks, get out on the front porch. If, you, if you're going to the mall or you're being drugged to the mall, sit outside with your pipe. Get a cup of coffee, go park yourself out in the smoking area at every mall. Get outside, be seen smoking a pipe. If you're going to a baseball game, yeah, baseball season has started. Bring your pipe with you. There's a smoking area there most likely. Spend a, spend a few minutes sitting there smoking your pipe. Just get outside, let modern America or let modern North, Northern Hemisphere see what a modern pipe smoker looks like. All right, there you go. I'm heading outside to the front porch to smoke my pipe because the weather's nice. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Rob Cooper for joining me. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Coming up next week, the Pipes Magazine radio show hosted by Ben Affleck. That ought to kill this sucker off.